Hi, uh, hello, g'day to you. Um, my name is Josh. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast while we're listening to. Um, if you're hearing this, this means uh, we've reached the end of uh, the year. And uh, so I've got a couple quick things to let you know of. Um, first, thanks very much for listening to our little podcast. Um, Ash and I get a real kick out of uh, doing this together. We have a lot of fun. Um, this is kind of started after something we used to do when I lived in Sydney, where we would go to the record shop, we'd buy an album and we'd listen to it together and kind of talk about it. And um, I think that's just kind of the shared experience of music that we really enjoy um, both stretching and expanding each other, but also sharing that. Um, and so if we've given you some kind of um, piece of that happiness and joy of music this year, that makes us all the happier. So thanks for listening. And uh, I really hope you have gotten something fun or enjoyed our, you know, general goofiness as well. Um, second, we're going to be taking a small break uh, after this mini up uh, on our top five, which you've downloaded. Um, we'll resume sometime early next year, probably around February, uh, but we're just having a little bit of a holiday. You know, it's that time of year. Um, so if you're wondering uh, where we've disappeared to, uh, that's it. And uh, lastly, uh, don't be afraid uh, to get in contact with us. Uh, we are around social media. We have uh, Twitter and Instagram and our own website, www.ltpodcast.squarespace.com. You can find all our episode show notes in there, um, links to our um, social media and that kind of stuff. Yeah, we just had a, a real lot of fun this year doing this together, and we're going to keep doing it probably as uh, long as we enjoy it, and hopefully more and more people start to enjoy it, and that's kind of the whole fun of the thing. Um, so hope you've had uh, as good a year as possible with what's been going on. And uh, we'll see you uh, in 2021. Thanks very much for listening. Let's get to the episode. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of what we're listening to. Insert poor drum roll here, please. I am one of your hosts. And with me is my friend and inventor of the Top 100 Billboard, Asher. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I wish um, that, would, that would get me some royalties or something. Some yeah, sort of it really would. Um, <laughs> today we're going to be exploring um, our top five of the year. Um, so I guess we can put a small couple rules or caveats, whatever you want to say. Um, these are discoveries for the year. So that doesn't mean they may necessarily have been released this year. Mm-hmm. These are just things that we found and enjoyed. Um, and uh, these aren't like... I don't know. I, for one, had quite a long list of like maybe 11 things that could have been on here. And these just kind of ones that flowed to the top. But there are a lot of um, really good things. And I've really enjoyed the music that came out this year, to be honest. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah. There was a lot of good stuff. And I tried to narrow mine down with like what was on repeat. Like there are lots of albums I really enjoyed but haven't like listened to tons and tons and tons. So I was kind of like looking for the ones I, that have brought yeah. me a lot of joy. So this may not be the the most genre pushing or the most experimental or the most highest selling or anything like that, but they're things we enjoyed. Hmm. Um, yeah. And mine are buying most albums because that's how I think about music, to be honest. But I think Ashes are 
Anything from a musician to a single kind of thing. Yeah, mine are a little bit of a complicated bag. Some of them. Some of them are simple, but yeah. Well, with that complicated bag in mind, sir, what's your number five? So my number five was one that was a bit unexpected. That was um, Sylvan Esso. So her album, Free Love, came out, uh, well, their album, sorry, I should say, they're, they're a duo, um, came out towards the end of this year on that fateful Friday where everything else came out. Um, yeah. And this, like I said uh, when I reviewed it, was one that kind of um, just popped up on Twitter. Someone liked it. I had saw it through their profile and went, oh, that sounds really cool and followed the album. And I just really loved it. I really mm. love kind of how catchy it was. It's like really, it's not just simple pop but it's not overly complex. There's no super superfluous bits that like hang out. It doesn't feel like it's trying to be amazingly um, boundary pushing, but it's just well-written, like it's concise. Um, it's really easy to enjoy. And I've just had a lot of fun listening to it. Like I go back to it often because I just really love the songs. I, mm. You know, good melodies, mm. good sounds, really, yeah, really great production. And... Yeah, I, I dig it, particularly that song Ring. I um, Yeah, I, I mentioned that before, but there's yeah. a few really good, beautiful tracks on this. So That song is pretty special. Yeah. But, um, For my memory. No. We're going to do lots song? on this. That's kind of all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get through this. I don't know, this, this is just a little bonus episode, so we'll see what we do. Um, yeah. What was your number five? Uh, First up for me is the sophomore album from Aussie indie Muso Bier. Uh, um, yes. Now there are some things that will change. Um, one uh, marker for me in terms of like this is going to be on the album of the year list in my brain is longevity. Mm. Um, and this record hasn't really left my sphere of listening since it came out. Um, it's always just kind of been there. Um, waiting for you to come back to it now and again, constantly. Um, and I think I've uh, really grown to appreciate it a lot. Um, it melds kind of elements of uh, gospel music and early 2000s singer-songwriter stuff, 80s alternative with those horns, and then some modern alt-pop like Bonnie Vare, the lots of autotune, that kind of stuff. This is a brilliant mm -hmm. album, and I think... Um, like moments on it are really great. Like those big choruses, the melodies catch with you mm. and those horn parts really punch when they need to. Um, yeah. I, I just found myself really enjoying this over and over again. Um, so like do, like, do yourself a favor, listen to beer, both this and his first album are mm. really, really great. Um, yeah. He deserves more attention. And I think, um, this second album is a little more, has a little more sophistication into how it was played out than the first album, but it, they're both really great. In my yeah. opinion. This would have been my number six, I think. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to double up <laughs> when also we're not going to yeah. six, but, um, yeah, this is a really good album. I must confess. I'm still a fan of self-titled, um, mm. probably more than this that might be just nostalgia talking. So, you know, take Josh's word for it and go with it. <laughs> also, I should just I, flag, can I flag that he has a new track out? 
Uh, yeah, go for it. Um, so just just on this weekend or just recently, um, Pierre posted this thing which I sent to Josh. It's called Friendship Global. And I think it's like a collaboration between Pierre and some others. It's really hard to figure out what's going on here, but I'm pretty sure it's Pierre in it. So <laughs> I'll put a link to the Spotify song in the show notes and on the playlist and you can have a listen and decide with me. You said it sounded like a French Jermaine Clement. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the guy singing or rapping the French sounds like um Jermaine from Flight of the Concords in some parts. I guess it's insulting. I don't know. It sounds <laughs> a little put on, but that's my Anglophile Canadian side talking, I guess. I haven't listened to tons of it yet. I was just like, oh, I should send this to Josh. And so I'm highlighting <laughs> that. It could be totally wrong. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, number four. Um, so my my number four is a bit of a kind of everything. So I'm talking about the entirety of Bill Wurtz's back catalogue. <laughs> Is that allowed? Is that allowed? In my defense, he never releases albums. I mean, he does have things on his Bandcamp which you can't download, which doesn't make any sense to me. But I just wanted to say, like, Bill Wirtz has brought me a lot of joy this year. And (laughs) since, (laughs) since, you know, since Jay Tholen thankfully tweeted about him and reminded him how much I love, love his videos, I then springboarded into his music and was like, oh, man, this is the best. It can come across as kind of cheesy, like, but except that he does so much hard work in producing these songs and playing and writing yeah. and that sort of thing that you suddenly realise, like, he is an excellent musician and a really good drummer. I've seen him play drums on other clips, like other live uh, clips. I've come to uh, compare Mr. Wurtz in my head to... Um, nonsense poets of old, like uh, Lewis Carroll or Edward Lear. Oh, yeah. Who, That's like, a good they, point. They, they make nonsense on purpose, but it's a lot of hard work and nobody really does it anymore. Hmm. Um, and so Bill Wirtz makes these, frankly, nonsense songs about going to the airport and the airport's closed. Oh, oh no. That's such and a beautiful song. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like two and a half minutes and it's like... It's super complex, but also doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it, you know? So my, I don't pay much attention to Spotify wrap up, but because Bill Wirtz doesn't have anything <laughs> that I can listen to on Bandcamp, my entire top five songs were all Bill Wirtz. <laughs> and so I just, I've, I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Evidently the 17th of October or something was a big day for me because I streamed Mike Quinn <laughs> so many times. I don't know what happened. Anyway, so yeah, I, I really have loved his music. And um, it was tricky to know where to place him on this list. But um, I, I went through a time this year, earlier on, maybe like middle of the year when I was just listening to him daily. So anyway. Shout out to Bill Wirtz. Thank you. Bill Wirtz. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, my number four uh, is uh, Bleached Waves from Zune. Mm, yeah. Um, so I want to talk about him a ton because we talked about him like a couple episodes ago. Mm. Um, I, I just really uh, easily think this is my favorite Canadian release from the year. Mm. Um, 
it's kind of inventive, but also nostalgic and very dazzling. I love like the radiating kind of tone this album presents um, and a different take on the usual, very dark and dreary kind of shoegaze palette. Um, mm. Yeah. It's this album just kind of really brings a freshness to that kind of side that I was listening to throughout this year. And I'm uh, excited to see where he goes to be keeps on making music. To be honest, it's kind of cool. It's not unhappy shoegaze. Like sometimes yeah, it can be quite moody lyrically and music musically, but this did not feel kind of sad. I mean, I didn't catch all the lyrics, but you know, it didn't seem to me like this was an unhappy release. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, even like the the samples of like beach sounds are quite relaxing. Like they're mm. quite um, that that they add to the ambiance that this album presents. <laughs> Thank you um, for that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't think of a better word in the spot. Yeah. Um, that's my number four. Zune, give him a listen. Apologies to Zune for not finding your Twitter uh, when I looked. And uh, I shall reprimand myself by not forgetting it again. <laughs> so good. Yeah, thanks. And we enjoyed that scene. <laughs> Number three, sir. Number three. So my number three is Sun Lux. Um, now, I was not expecting a Sun Lux album this year, um, but I was very pre- pleasantly surprised by the release of Tomorrow's One. Um, now, I should also say, when I saw this coming out, I was like, oh, I need to get back into Sunlux. And I found a missed EP called Tomorrow, uh, Yesterday's Wake, um, which is kind of it's the apocryphal last section of Brighter Wounds. So okay. technically it should be on the end of Brighter Wounds. Um, I th- highly recommend this little EP. Um, start to finish, it's brilliant. You know, the usual kind of amazing production killer drums like amazing synthesizer sounds and i just can't get over the production of sunlux and so that kind of led into tomorrow's one for me and tomorrow's one was quite a delight i listened to it again yesterday and it's so subtle as well it, although it has these like really bom- it's not as uh, it's not as bombastically loud and in your face as bones or brighter wounds but it has those moments of subtle, you know, the last couple of tracks are some of the most, you know, beautiful on the album. Um, I just, I was just really enjoying listening to Sunlux's music this year. It's very serious and very intense. And so I, I like, I kind of listen to it in short bursts and then kind of stop for a bit. But um, yeah, I really, really love this. So uh, yeah, thanks to Sunlux for releasing such a great um, great album this year and tomorrow's two is out I've only given a, a single listen but I'm going to listen a little bit more and then I look forward to tomorrow's three next year which I will probably talk about so yeah yeah they're always a um like a, a an inventive and questioning band like you know you're going to get good production and like good musicianship but you're never quite sure what they're going to make mm, each time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find that fascinating about them. Yeah. They, they, they're really interesting kind of musicians that uh, I don't really know who writes the songs and how, because they all write mm. 
separately. They all do. And so it's re- you can't really, you can obviously tell that um, Ryan Lott is, you know, he, he seems to be like the guy who writes the lyrics, but they all seem to be playing a big part in writing the songs. So I don't know. No. What was your number three? Uh, my number three was the uh, second album from Irish band uh, Fontaine's DC, mm-hmm. um, A Hero's Death. Um, this album is uh, bleak, chilly, and stubborn. Um, and I think uh, not only is this their second album in just over a year, but I think they learned a lot from their first release dog roll and like the success that spawned into like what kind of steps they wanted to take as a band this year. Um, mm. And so I think rather than having the dreaded sequel uh, slump, they kind of just went for it. Um, like the, the album cover is a, a famous myth, Irish myth um, of a guy who like ties himself to a rock so he can, fight his last battle standing up because he's so wounded Mm. and it's kind of this like aggressive stubbornness that these guys want to bring with their music and their you know poetic lyrical nature um yeah i don't know i think i would classify this album as working class if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but like it's angry working class like the unions are starting to grumble about the managers kind of thing um Mm. So this is uh, I really appreciate that this is a a slow burn of an album compared to their aggressive first release, but it knows what it wants to do, mm. and it gets there in its own time and in creative ways. I think, um, yeah, nice. I only I, listened to yeah. the tracks that you put on the playlist. I should give this a full listen because it sounds very intriguing. Yeah, I just think the they often, yeah. No, I won't say anything more. It's good. Listen to mm, it. <laughs> definitely. Uh, number two, sir. Number two. Okay, so this one is also a bit of like a several different releases. Um, I have really <laughs> been enjoying the music of Baths this year, um, or Baths as um, it's more pronounced in North America. Um, <laughs> I uh, specifically... Um, his B-Sides albums, uh, B-Sides mm. 1 and 2. They are obviously old songs that have just been released this year and I reviewed both of them back in a while ago. can't remember when. And the reason I kind of put on the list, like I said before, I'm listening to Baths so much because his music has this ability to be something to focus on solely but also something that can be in the background while you're working and not be too distracting. That's a that's a very hard balance. So the thing that is amazing is that Baths is able to write, or Will Wiesenfeld, write some of the most beautiful vocal melodies. Like his beats alone, as you can see with Geotic or Geotic, his beats alone are worth buying an album of. Um, yeah. But then when he has his vocal melody on top, he's somehow like, doubles it and makes it like twice as more twice as beautiful and that's just amazing to me because his production alone would be worth buying his music for let alone the fact that he has these beautiful vocal melodies and high falsetto and stuff on top so he's a really excellent songwriter and 
I don't know, I just have really enjoyed his music. Um, and just recently, just like in the past couple of weeks, I've been listening to Romaplasm, which is the latest album of his, um, which at first yeah. didn't really grab, but there's just something very um, homely about it and just something very warm, the, the bass lines. I mean, I've been quite into electronic music lately, and so it's just really up my alley. So I don't know, I really love it. Yeah. Yeah, I I have nothing really to add, but this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really it's good. Music's great. What was your number two? Um, all right, this one actually, um, we have not talked about it all this year because mm-hmm. I found this album in the last little week while we were uh, preparing for this episode. Ah, yes, you, uh, I haven't even listened to this. You just sent me a link. Yeah, so this is uh, the Great Dismal by a band called Nothing. Um, mm. As you can probably guess, this record's a little dark. Um, nice. Uh, it's chaotic. It's chaotic and loud and uh, super awesome. Um, it came out a few weeks ago. Um, so it is again in the shoegaze vein. Um, but this is much more in the heavy hardcore side um it's uh yeah this is just like this is kind of cranked to 11 uh Mm. the album um it's not it's like it's not metal but it's very heavy uh and the bass work and composition of this album are tons of fun um it's like yeah all the distortion is just loud but not out of control Mm. Uh, and the album is like mostly you know <laughs> it's aggressively existential mm. and kind of like angsty and it's kind of perfect music for fall in vancouver yeah. getting dark at 3 p.m um yeah yeah um from what i've read this is like the most consistent and some would argue the best album from this band and i uh haven't done a ton of exploring but i kind of agree this album is really special i think and mm. Um, I love that it walks this line of really heavy, murky instrumentation um, without being tuneless. Um, it's a fantastic record. Yeah. Nice. Um, I will definitely yeah, nothing have to but give the it a listen. Little. Yeah, I may even give it to you as homework sometime next year just okay. to see what you think about it. Um, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. It's really cool. I love it. And it has a song about Bernie Sanders on it. Which <laughs> I'm a fan of. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you want to do maybe an honorable mention or two of from your list before number ones? Sure. Yeah. Some um, runners up maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not really a runner up to number one, but it's one that I did enjoy. Way before we started the podcast, um, Andy Shelf <laughs> released his um, latest album, Neon Skyline. And... Um, I'm a big Andy Shaw fan. I really love the party. I enjoyed Bear of Bad News. We talked a little bit about Fox Warren. Um, mm-hmm. And this new album had what I really enjoy about Andy Shaw on it, which was the narrative, like the one, one moment in time told through 12 or 14 songs, which is pretty cool. And so mm-hmm. this one is about a guy um, and... He's going to this bar with a friend and it's all about this ex-girlfriend called Judy who is back in town. And 
It's such a great story album. One of my favorite songs. I'm doing this all just off the top of my head because I, I didn't write it all down. I wasn't sure if we were going to do this, but I Sorry. really love... No, that's okay. Um, there was really... I really love this song where... I think it's called 13 Hours. And I don't want to give away the story. I think you should just listen to it because it's kind of like okay. a little bit funny. They're a little bit like sad. It's like this dark comedy sort of thing. Um and it's just a really, it's not as strong as The Party or Bear of Bad News, but it is a very good album. Like I really, I was contemplating, I'm like, oh, do I put this in my top five? I I just haven't listened to it as much as his other albums. No. And so I was like, it probably didn't feature as much this year as I would have thought. So that's that's another okay. honorable mention. Um, I don't have any sure. others at the moment, but did you have a couple? Um, I have, I have, I mean, my, my runners up list is about, uh, nine things long, but the two at the top, um, uh, is the new one from the idols ultra mono. Mm. Um, I love like the production and a couple moments from that album, but I don't think as a whole, it grabs me as much. I need to give it a little listen. Um, Mm -hmm. it's still really great. Yeah. And I like I like it overall, but it doesn't like get that kind of essence of love from me. Mm. Um, and then another kind of runner up was the uh, Strokes album, the new abnormal. I, mm. um, yeah, that one could have easily been in the top five for me. That album's really great. And it kind of got bumped down yeah. mostly cause I found, uh, this band, this album by nothing yeah. in the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Yeah, you the first list you sent me had this the strokes on it, and then you're like, wait, wait, change that. <sighs> I got bumps. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, strokes. If you start selling those baseball hats, I will bump you up to top five again. <laughs> they were pretty cool hats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want it. I want yeah. it. Uh, number one, sir. Give me a number one. Okay, this may not come as a surprise. My number one is Pogo. Um, so it really has been that year of like electro pop for me, I suppose, dancey sort of thing, but with the twist of like samples. So this is kind of finalizing the year for me because I remember at the start of the year, just when work went back and that sort of thing, I was on the train and I got an email saying like, oh, Pogo has just released a new album on Bandcamp. I'm like, okay, cool. Open it up and listen to this song called Absabloom which is a mashup of My Fair Lady or like a, a cut of My Fair Lady. And yep. I was hooked again. I, I had fallen off the Pogo bandwagon. Um, I think the last song I listened to was Wizard of Meh, which is great. Um, and then this came, I was like, oh, my goodness. So I listened to Unity, which that was from, and then he released Valley of Shadows about a couple of days later. These were evidently songs he'd been producing for a while. They're two little EPs about six songs each. Um, And then I went on to review Ascend later on in the year and talk a little bit about that. But I think for me, Pogo has been an artist which has just brought me so much joy and fascination, like joy at the songs being genuinely beautiful and well-written, but fascination in I've just been really fascinated by using samples for a while now and how you can kind of chop them up and use them in different contexts and like 
you know, he's highly addictive. I told you this before. Like it's, it, I never mm-hmm. listen to songs on repeat and yet I want to when it comes to his music. And that's a bit of a <laughs> sign that there's something going on there. Like it's the chords, like the bounce, like the six, eight, the, the beats. Um, mm. My favorite song I think of his is Horrorland. And I'm not sure if I mentioned this much. It's off this EP called Unity. And it's a, it's a taken samples from a 90s point and click adventure game called Horrorland. And there's something about it like the verse chorus structure is just brilliant. The bridge is like a bit boring, but it's necessary to kind of break up and not spoil the chorus for us. Like, um, I, I just found it fascinating. There were the three favorite songs of theirs. His was Horrorland, Absolum and Red Rum, which is the shining one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are from those two EPs, which kind of came out right at the beginning of the year. And I don't know, I don't know what else to say. It's such a treat to listen to. I'm often listening to Pogo, put it on when I'm driving or on the train or just kind of wanting something fun and bouncy to listen to. Um, and yeah, I have just loved his work. So I look forward to, uh, more, which he's going to do hopefully in the future. I saw there's a new track on Spotify, so I'm going to check it out, but yeah, that's me. Um, what is your number one? Peugeot. Uh, my number one, uh, is everything is a okay by Violet Soho. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you probably saw this coming. I, I did. <laughs> w- w- once again, um, longevity. Um, ever since this album came out, I've probably listened to it maybe at least once a week, maybe twice a week, mm. um, which is uh, became out almost at the beginning of the year. So it's been going that whole time. Mm. Um, and my love for Von Soho only grows um, from their goonish videos to tweets about heading into the nine to five rock and roll office to get work done <laughs> or, or, uh, you know, heavy mosh anthems and like anxiety removing acoustic finishers. I, yeah, this, um, everything is okay. It's like a paragon of alternative rock for me. I love this album. Yeah. Um, and I think unlike the last couple records, which have this kind of brooding, um, anger underneath them, um, this one is more kind of a little bit of sunshine, like a like a pat on the shoulder. Um, and there's still like those heavy moments to it. But in a year like 2020, this album was made like before, you know, this like super crap year came around. Um, but they still wanted to like the motion of this album is like one of encouragement and, mm. you know, like a cold beer on like a sunny day with the mates, the beach kind of thing. Mm. And honestly, a lot of people needed that yeah. um yeah and the i love the finisher on this album um the acoustic song the title track everything is a-okay mm. um i think it expresses a lot of um kind of that anxiety that people have had or people have been living with in this last little couple years and trying to like do a kind of try to breathe that out a little bit rather than just hold it in. Mm. So, um, I love the album pieces. Um, mm. it's great. It Listen to Balan Soho. <laughs> I did enjoy that. That was your first review, right? 
Um, it was. One. Yeah. And it's it's managed to be there this whole time. Yeah. Um, and they've done all this like random stuff on the internet. Like they have, um, I showed you that video about them at Stonehenge, and like they just <laughs> kind of like having fun. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> that was kind of funny little bit. Um, you should, like they just kind of the like, show notes in case I didn't put it in last time. Like they just kind of like a couple of, you know, good music making, you know, idiots in some way. <laughs> just having fun and yeah. i really appreciate that um, yeah they're not idiots but they kind of get the vibe yeah they yeah and i think that's a really nice way of doing music like low pressure i mean i'm sure there's crunch times for them but like yeah the vibe yeah. is we love this and we're doing it because we love it so yeah 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 there you go that's my number one nice well i like that we wrapped up on music which gives us a lot of joy and kind of Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it has been a, a pretty rough year for a lot of people. So thank you all so much. We ha- we haven't been going for quite a year yet, but this is the end of our first kind of calendar year of doing what we're listening to. And we're super grateful to everyone who has tu- uh, tuned in, metaphorically speaking, and given us a listen. Uh, yeah, we really love kind of chatting about stuff uh, with people who have you know listen to the podcast and uh we really love chatting to each other so you know here's to many more years josh and um we (laughs) we hope that you have a great fingers crossed fingers crossed we hope that you have a good uh start to 2021 and we're going to be taking a little bit of a break just over january um and then we'll be back into it probably at the start of feb sometime so We'll look forward to that time. And in the meantime, have a good one, man. See you around. Thanks, buddy. You too. Bye.